Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Another episode in the top 100. Nom again. Nom, how are you? Mate, looking forward to uh, going to this uh, foyer here. <laughs> we're in the foyer. Uh, so we're still going here. This will be the last podcast we're doing on Boxing Next. We smashed out a couple. It's The sun is still beaming. Australia, three down in the uh, in the cricket here. So we're going well. But let's get on to number 69 in the pyramid. It's Daly Cherry Evans, another Curran player. So we're Daly, 261 NRL games, 71 tries, 16 games for Queensland, 15 for Australia. So now we're at the 15 and 15 mark again. A premiership, a Clive Churchill, and a one-time halfback of the year. Daly Cherry Evans is one of those love-to-hate players, but I can guarantee you a lot of play, a lot of teams and a lot of fans of clubs would love to have a Daly Cherry Evans as their halfback. He's just consistently great, can goal kick, great playmaker, got the king game, the passing game. Defensively, you're not really running through Daly Cherry Evans for a lot of tries. A great, great player. Yeah, he's very crafty. Um yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, he's been a leader for, for quite some time as well, his club. I mean, here's the... Is he the highest paid player right now? He he would be yeah, him him or Ta- Tamalola, depending on the year. But yeah, yeah, he was the first one to sign the mega seven-year deal. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of players and a lot of clubs thought that was a bad deal, but he's nearing the end of it now, and it's actually turned into a fantastic deal. And, yeah. you know, if you're a team like the Dolphins, for example, why not have a cracker dally when he comes off contract? But... What he's done, especially early on, he kind of walked into those great manly sides with the Stewards, with Lyon, able to hold his own, which is more than you say about a lot of young players and especially halfbacks and playmakers. So he's done exactly what he needed to do there. Number 68, Nigel Vangana, another prolific try scorer, 240 NRL games, 140 NRL tries, 38 games for New Zealand, two-time centre of the year. So with Vangana, again, could just get over the stripe, could beat the outside man, get on the outside shoulder so easily. And he could do outside shoulder, inside shoulder. He could go over you because he was that strong and compact. Just uh, an absolute winner. And whether it was at the Bulldogs, whether it was at the Sharks later in the career, just could consistently get over the line. And especially for New Zealand, one of those guys, Captain New Zealand late in his career, just a, a great professional. And, you know, when you look at, you know, underrated centers of the NRA, you probably got your best one right here. Yeah, I mean... What a great strike rate. I'm looking at that now. 140 tries in 240 games. That's like, yeah, pretty much um, almost one or more than one every two games. Yeah, and able to finish on his own, able to create from his own. You know, he had a couple where, you know, from halfway, able to do his own thing. Exactly what you want in the center. But let's move on to number 67. And probably to me, the most underrated prop of the NRL era. It's Roy Satasi. 217 NRL games, 24 games for New Zealand, one premiership, one front row of the year. The premiership was obviously with the Bulldogs, but I think more of his late career work at the Rabbits. The Rabbits were a bit of a laughing stock before uh, John Lang and Roy Satasi went there. As Satasi brought, he brought a level of professionalism, a level of intrigue into a side that was just lacking it for so long. And what he did there really set the standard for what a Sam Burgess and those boys would carry in 2014. Yeah, that's right. You know, the time he was there, I mean, the Rabbits weren't going too good, but he was... um. He was crucial in that sort of rebuilding, brought that professional professionalism, brought that experience, um, yeah, laid the great foundation for what they would eventually do in 2014. Yeah, and when you look back to some of the games that he played, you know, his, his go for was just immense. You know, he could carry the ball and, you know, he'd hit the defensive line eight metres out and then still carry the extra four metres and, you know, get that quick play of the ball. He was immense at it. And, yeah, to me, if I could build a side 
in our era, I would have loved to have a Roy Satasi, you know, in my side because I just know what I'm getting every game. There's no days off. It's just exactly what he would give. Number 66 is a bit of a hard one now to judge because of the how the career's ended, but it's Michael Jennings. And I'll make the case for him. 298 NRL games, 154 NRL tries. So now we're talking about a great strike rate once again. 18 games for New South Wales, 7 for Australia, and the Premiership, obviously, with the Roosters. Jenko coming through as the flashy young centre at the Panthers. Uh, obviously got carted out on his big contract. Went to the Roosters, re-established himself as probably the best centre in the game. Late career with Parramatta, but he, he was one of those guys that I always thought if he lost his first step in explosiveness, he would not be an effective footballer. But he changed that. He turned into one of the best defensive centres in the game at Parramatta. Him and Sivo on that edge was able to form a great partnership. And to me, obviously, the you can't really mention the Jenko story without the steroid suspension at the end of the career that forced a retirement. But what he did, and it, oh, let's take it, let's say everything else was clean up to that point. What he did was absolutely outstanding. And if you're a centre, why would you not want any? If you could just say, "Give me that resume right now, and I'll sign off on it," I'd say a lot of players in the league would 100% do that right now. Yeah, it's a shame he came so close to cracking that 300 mark, 298 games. Um, but, you know, you talk about strike rate, 154 tries in the NRL. Um, yeah, early in the career, like you said, your speed that um, I guess he, he would really beat his outside player. And then, yeah, towards the end of his career, um, he was going so well for Parramatta. I mean, that defensive mainstay inside Sebo there. Yeah, and again, when Parramatta signed him, I was a bit iffy going, again, if he loses that speed, how effective is he? But he, he transported himself, and he was one of my favourite Parramatta players. Uh, through this NRL era. So, yeah, now again, tainted at the end, but well-deserved. Well but number 65, Braith and Asta, another pretty... Uh, you love to, you love or hate Braith, um, I think is the way a lot of people do say it. Um, so with Braith and Asta, 288 NRL games, 88 NRL tries, 10 for New South Wales, 4 for Australia, a premiership and a one-time 5-8 of the year. You think of Braith and Asta, long, gangly player at the Bulldogs coming in, that young player. What he did, obviously, through that 2002 season, then going on to the Roosters, having that success. Don't forget about that Tigers late in the career. He had a great career, and obviously, when you think back to a brief memory, kicking that field goal in the extra time game against yeah, the Tigers, Tigers. The, probably the best game of the NRL era. Yeah. Um, he was just one of those players, very, very crafty, had fantastic footwork for a big guy. The passing game was always pretty mint, had a very, very nice tight spiral. Kicking game, you know, you can get your 40 20 here and there, but to me, it was that running game. It was the eyes up footy, his breath and Asta. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, if you put him in today's game, he would be great. I mean, you, you, he was a heart, but, you know, he could easily be one of those great um, ball playing long forwards. Oh, if you put him if you put him up against like a Cam Murray, put him up against, yeah. you know, some of those guys right now, Braith would not look out of source because, again, he had the speed there. Yeah. He had the passing game, but it was just. When he was in the halves, like him and Brent Sherwin together, what a half combination. You had Brent Sherwin's shiftiness, his kicking and stuff, and you had Braith just brute power, running, elusiveness on his feet. Yeah, Braith and Asset to me is one of those guys where, again, 288, it's a great career, it's a great knock. Uh, but if you're playing the career, how does this career play out 10 out of 10? Again, this is probably a bottom three for Braith. You know, he didn't really hit the heights that we all thought he would at the start, but it's still number 65. How can you argue it was a great career? 64 is your boy, Tamanatahu. 196 NRL games. Surprised that he didn't hit 200. That actually mm. shocked me on the research there. 121 NRL tries. So again, a, a stud strike rate. Then you look at it, 12 games for New South Wales, five for Australia, and obviously the premiership in 2001. Tahu, probably one of the best finishers in the game, obviously outside Mike Gidley. He was able to really, for how long and big he was, able to really tunnel himself into the corner, 
put it down just inside the line. I love Tahu play. He was obviously came to Parramatta late in the career, and I was able to experience the the brutes, the brute force Tamara Tahu in the centers, shoulder charges, dunking over the crossbar. He was just an entertainer. And I think what's been lost in obviously there's been a couple of off-field stuff again that's tainted, not tainted, but is in the forefront when you think about the career. But when you think about Tahu early on, again, just an absolute winner. Yeah, great to watch, super entertaining. Uh, one of our mates, um, Richard's favorite NRL player. He actually mm. made his uh, high school email after him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, yeah. And again, as a Newcastle fan, you have fond memories. Even non-Newcastle fans, he's one of the guys that you love to root for every time he's in the New South Wales side. He was a winner. And again, uh, when I saw him at Parramatta, it was, again, one of those times going, oh, are we buying too late here? But he brought a real mentality to that Parramatta side which we did not have. And, you know, I've got the signed jersey hanging on my wall as the 07 Parramatta side. And, um yeah, what, what he did for Parramatta, I just, you, you love to see it. And again, you, you, you do think of Newcastle, Tamar Tahu is as the Tahu that you do think about. But let's go move on to number 63. It's Adam Blair, 331 NRL games, 51 games in New Zealand. So now we'll hit the first 50 mark for an international side and obviously the premiership with a storm. Adam Blair copped a lot of slack late in his career, cashing in some paychecks mm. at the Tigers, at the Broncos, at the Warriors. But to me, even late in the career, he was so crafty, had one of the better offloads in the game, um, you know, shifty footwork. He was one of those first props that could, you know, go to the line and hit the ball out yeah. the back. Um, yeah, I think he did lead the way for quite a few New Zealand front rollers to how they play the game now. Yeah, like you said, very crafty. You think of the, you know, his Melbourne set plays. Um, yeah, he was front and centre for a lot of those movements. And, um, yeah, a uh, front roller that can has a part to him. Um, at the time, it was... Um, Quite quite a um, new thing. It wasn't it wasn't the standard back in the days. No, and obviously you do think about if you think about like greatest memory of Adam Blair, you probably think of the the brawl at Brookie. Yeah, him and Glenn Stewart just going hammer and tongs. Uh, but nah, to me, Adam Blair for what he did on the field again, late career, it, it does factor in. That's why he's a little bit lower here. But early Adam Blair and even you know veteran fifty one games for New Zealand, you don't get picked fifty one times for your country if you're a slack footballer. So no, Adam Blair did a great job. Number sixty two is Preston Campbell. 276 NRL games, 86 NRL tries, a Daly M with the Sharks, a premiership with the Panthers, one-time halfback of the year. Presto was one of those guys, the first real entertainer. You know, you kind of think now of the Indigenous, you know, you got your Inglises, you got your Latrells. To me, it was Blacklock and it was Preston were the two first ones in the NRL era. Preston, he won that half, he won that Daly M halfback, at, he won the Daly M award at halfback. He won the premiership at 5'8", he went to the Titans as a fullback. He was just such a crafty player, and he was really, really fun to watch. And even late in his career, you're seeing it now with his uh, son, Jaden. Yeah. Uh, just the genes are there. And there's so much J- uh, present in Jaden. Uh, yeah. When you look at Jaden right now, you know, you think back to that try last year, which just ran on that loose ball <laughs> and went through. It's exactly what Preston did. And for, again, for the Sharks, for the Panthers, for the Titans, he was just one of those professional guys that came in. And not only was he just professional, he did the job and he was a winner. Yeah, well, I mean, what a great career. Talk about punching above your weight. Yep. I mean, there wasn't much of him, but um, geez, he uh, he made his mark out there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you think about how did this career go best out of 10, he's probably one of the best, you yep. know, for what he did. A Daly M is such a prestigious award. And obviously in later years, it's kind of got a bit murky with Jack Wyden. And that's why I wanted to do, kind of do this list to kind of reinforce, don't just look at the Daly M's, but... His Daly M right here, it was deserved. His premiership was deserved and all the accolades that he does have. Two more in this podcast here. Willie Mason is number 61. Big Willie. 
292 inaugural games, 13 for New South Wales, 24 for Australia, so over 20 for Australia in the national side. A premiership and a Clive Churchill. So it's very rare you see the prop getting a Clive Churchill medalist, but that 02 Willie Mason, I remember when he when he got picked for New South Wales early on, I was like, oh, that's a bit of a risk to pick him early. But he was you just knew as soon as he got on the field, him and a guy like Sonny Bill are the two guys that come to my mind where just really early on, you just go, that's that's a football, that's a rep player, that's a guy who's going to be here for a long time. Yeah, that, I mean, that size, that aggression, um, yeah, he really brought it for any team he played with. Uh, yeah, I think one of, the, one of the memories I have of him is him getting that black eye from yeah. the, uh, the test with uh, New Zealand. But um, yeah, he was um, yeah he, he was a juggernaut pretty much um, with with the uh, dogs, and it shows with his Clive Churchill medalist. He was obviously very versatile. You can slot him out wide, and he can run over the smaller guys, or he can go in the middle and roll over the big guys. Very, 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 very rare talent to have. But number sixty, and we wrap up the the fourth podcast here. It's Simon Mannering. So 300 NRL, 301 NRL games, 63 tries, 45 games for New Zealand. So obviously no premiership. Um, he was in that World Cup winning side. But to me, Mannering is one of those New Zealand warriors that every club has that player. It's just you kind of when you think of an NRL era side and you say, who's the first player that comes to your mind? To me, Simon Mannering is the Warriors player. He was just the heart and soul of that team. Started at, at second row, moved to lock. Played center for quite a few years, and for a forward to move in the center for multiple years and play there and actually be decent there is a very, very telling point. And again, one of the few Warriors that played all 301 games at his one side in New Zealand, 45 ranks right in the top five for games for New Zealand. He's just a great, great player. Yeah, great servant for New Zealand and the Warriors. Um, yeah, he just got through so much work. Yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, he reminds me of sort of a. Um, what Tohu Harris is pretty much doing for the Warriors right now. Great comp, yeah. To me, work, workhorse, no games off, barely got injured, always there. When the Warriors were in great, he was there. When the Warriors were going bad, he was still able to front up and, you know, be the face of that club, exactly what you want in the leader. Yeah. And that will do it. We're up to number 59. So we will be cracking into the level three on the next podcast. So Nom, thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, always a pleasure, mate. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.